0: Welcome back to the Breast Cancer Podcast. Before we get started on today's interview, we want to make sure that you're in a good mental space to listen to Brandy. The reason being is Brandy was diagnosed at an extremely young age, and we don't want this interview to be triggering for anyone. Through Brandy's interview, we want to shine a light around the importance of body awareness and examining yourself on a regular basis. So if you're ready, go ahead and keep listening. If not, come back at a later time. Either way, we think you will find Brandy's story inspiring. Let's get started. Welcome to
1: the Breast Cancer Podcast. I am breast surgeon, Dr. Deepa Hala Harvey.
0: And I'm Monica Brooks, a cancer advocate. And we're both Breast Breast Cancer Cancer Survivors. Survivors. We're here to talk about all things breast cancer.
1: From surgery to survivorship, we know firsthand the challenges and questions a breast cancer diagnosis brings.
0: We are here to tackle topics that impact our lives. Let's get started.
1: Well, welcome everyone. We have an exciting guest today and her name is Brandy. Hi Brandy. (laughs) So excited to have you here as our guest. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. She is beautiful. And I can't wait to hear your story. I think there's something very unique about Brandy's story. And
0: I I, I saw you on Facebook and I thought, man, what a remarkable story. And I think one of the things that was first shocking about your story was the age you were diagnosed with breast cancer. So you are a breast cancer survivor. So let's just start with how old you are and perhaps how you came about knowing something wasn't right. And maybe just walk us through that.
2: Um, So I'm 19. I was actually in the shower when I found it. And it was kind of weird because I kind of automatically knew what it was just because my family has a history and I was like panicking and kind of just like, "Uh oh, what do I do now?
0: (laughs) So were you feeling around for something or is just, you happened to like run across it? I just
2: happened to run across it and it was just like instant silence. I was just confused. I guess
0: so you get out of the shower and then like I'm just curious like these next moments like what was going through your head
2: my main thought was I need to get to a doctor
0: (laughs) good for you yeah
2: good for you because I think women
0: especially a 19
2: year old wouldn't have thought anything they would have just
0: been like oh that's weird yeah and put it off for a long period of time but you instinctively knew
1: you had to do something
2: yeah I mean with my family history Mm -hmm. I kind of knew it was very urgent
1: and who in your family had breast cancer?
2: Uh, My grandmother on my mother's side.
1: Just one person, right? That we know of. Okay. I think that's even great though, to be
0: honest, that you knew that because we've talked about in past podcasts about genetics, like how important family history is and that we talk about it and that we know not just breast cancer, but like any cancers that may be in in our family. So I think that's,
1: man, you're just like, you don't seem like you're 19 yeah. at all. Are you sure you're not older? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's great. I think that's number one is that you're you know feeling because it's our body. God gave us our body, and we just need to feel it to see what's normal for you and what's not normal for you, right? Yeah. And so you felt some. You felt a mass in your breast. Intuitively, you knew that there was something wrong and you needed to reach out to a doctor. And again, like I echo Monica's words, the fact that you knew your grandmother had breast cancer, speaks volumes because a lot of people don't know their family history. So that's great that you knew that. Then what happened?
2: Um, well, I found it on a Friday night. So I had to wait till Monday to even get a hold of a doctor. So I went in to see my primary care and they wanted to send me to a doctor because they thought it was a cyst. So they wanted to try to drain it and all that. So they sent me to another doctor. He tried to drain it couldn't get anything out of it and decided to send me to a different doctor. So have he, they done an ultrasound or anything? Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: When I went to the third doctor, they were like, we can't drain that. It's, it's not a cyst. So they decided to do a biopsy and I went back and saw the second doctor for the results. And he kind of prepared me for what the results may be before we got them. And, and so was
0: cancer one of those preparations
2: that he was? Yeah. Huh? Okay. He was okay. said, he said it's It's very unlikely. And the thing that really got to me was he made a promise that it wasn't.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: It's a bit of a hard thing to promise. Yeah, (laughs) it is. After my results came in, I got a call saying, we need you to come in tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, crap, Mm. that's not good.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) And went in and when he walked in the room, it was just like he was kind of like scared, I guess.
0: Cause he had to, this was the same doctor that told you or promised you it wouldn't yeah. be. And now he has to tell you yep. what it is.
2: And he, he hesitated at first and then he said it and he was just like, I'm sorry. And I'm, just, I felt like I was just going to fall off the exam table.
0: Mm, yeah.
2: <laughs> like I, I knew it was, but I still wasn't expecting to get a positive mm-hmm.
0: on it. <laughs> There's always that little ounce of hope whenever you have a biopsy, mm-hmm. like, yes, it could be, but it could not be you know, based on statistics or whatever it is, but it, it is disheartening when it, it yeah. comes back like that because this is uh, life-changing. And for the people listening on the podcast, we do plan to post this on YouTube, um, but the ones listening on the podcast, uh, you can't see Brandy, but she has her hat on today. So talk about what else happened, what kind of treatments you've been through.
2: Um, so after I got my diagnosis, I was sent to a bunch of different doctors Um, trying to figure out what the best game plan was. I had a double mastectomy because I also have the BRCA2 mutation. Um, Were
0: you aware of that before the the mutation, like before the diagnosis that you had the BRCA? No. No. Okay.
2: After I had the double mastectomy, I went to an oncology office and they said that I would need chemo. They said I only needed four treatments, which was not terrible, but
0: it's still chemo, you yeah. know, it's still really, really
2: <laughs> tough <Yeah>. to get <laughs> through. Really hard. Yeah. And I mean, the, the main thing I was upset about was losing my hair. Yeah. Because that's how I <laughs> cope with a lot of things. I dye it. I put it in different styles. I cut it. Brandy, as you're going through this,
1: did you ever think, why me?
2: There was a few times, but I mean, I don't think we would go through challenges if we couldn't overcome them. And the way I see this is just another obstacle that's going to make me stronger in the end.
0: When you say just another obstacles, it sounds like you've already been through some really, really challenging things. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that or share that?
2: Um, sure. Okay. I mean, it's kind of a long story. I've been in and out of foster care since I was four. My biological parents weren't the best. <laughs>
0: mm. So do you, do you remember your biological parents? Are they a part of your life?
2: Um, I still talk to my birth mother once in a while. Okay. Not very often. Okay. So um, all the
0: way. So you've been in and out of foster homes yeah. since you were four, but you're 19 now. So tell tell us about your situation now, now that you're considered so, an adult, but to us, you're still a baby girl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I've actually aged out of the foster care system, hmm. but there's a program for people, well, kids who have aged out, they basically just help us with paying rent and all that help us find jobs and they check in on us just to make sure we're doing okay.
0: What was that light going through? I mean, we know our, our podcast is about breast cancer, but we're also human beings that go through a lot. And I, I, I truly believe like anyone who gets a breast cancer diagnosis has already been through trauma. Like, you yeah. know, like we've already yeah. been through really difficult things. Yeah. Cause I feel like this almost sets you up to do another hard thing. Like you yeah. mentioned, yeah. What was that like for you growing up in and out of foster care? And what did you learn from this?
2: Foster care is not easy at all, being taken away from your family. And I mean, most foster kids use trash bags for all their belongings because we get moved so much. Wow. So we don't normally unpack all of our stuff. It's more challenging when you're getting older in the system because... Sometimes you're out of place for a few days, other times no more than a month. How did you cope? Yeah. How did you cope with all that? Maybe it was through your hair, like you mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of um, different hairstyles, Mm -hmm. doing my nails, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: makeup.
0: (laughs) How do you think that part of your life perhaps prepared you for something like this?
2: I think it prepared me by basically making me stronger and not always thinking that, It's always going to be this bad. There's been several times when I wanted to give up.
1: As you're going through the different foster cares.
2: Yeah. And there would be times when you would find a good family and they really want to keep you, but something comes up, you get pulled away. And that just shows that there are good people out there.
0: I think through so many situations that we experience, there's, there's always good, you know, like you said, the good people out there, the people who want to help and the people who want to help you through this and by using your voice you are now helping yes. other people yeah which is one of the most powerful things that you can do so your courage and bravery I see it yeah what message do you have for other women now that you've had your are 19 diagnosed with breast cancer what message do you have for people
2: I think the biggest thing is it doesn't really matter how old you are cancer can get you at any time you could be 19 like me or could be in your 40s it's it's It doesn't decide who it wants to infect based on age,
0: right?
2: Self-examinations are very, very important.
0: When I was 19, cancer was not on my radar. Even when I was thirties, I wasn't doing self breast exams because it wasn't a part. I mean, I just never talked about it never really learned. What message do you have for women like your age and their twenties and thirties who may not be screening themselves?
2: It is very important that no matter what you try to screen yourself, because um, if you don't, you could actually have it and it progress. Mm
0: -hmm. Imagine if you had put that off. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you had put it off a month, a year, because we have this. Invincibility complex, like it can't happen to us. Yeah, especially and when we,
1: you're young at nineteen. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You're not thinking of breast yeah. cancer. Yeah, you're supposed to live forever and not any bad thing happen to you. But also, being in different foster homes, you have already adapted to change, perhaps, and also you're building this muscle of resiliency. You just become so resilient. And breast cancer was just another thing that you know got thrown in your way. And I'm so sorry that you have to go through this at such a young age. But I totally agree with Monica, what you're doing today to, to want to come here, to do this for other young girls, this is gonna be very powerful. There's gonna be some 18, 19 year old out there listening to this podcast and she's gonna go examine herself. It doesn't just have to be for us, it's just to make sure you know they're taking care of themselves. And, and I think that's important. Anytime any adversity happens to us, that's just part of life. Adversity is 100% part of our life. As long as we are alive, we're gonna go through something. Uh, That's going to be painful, and I think in the end we have the power to decide how we're going to deal with this. Are we going to become a victim or become a victor? Or you know how are we going to handle this? Either you can get bitter or better, right? Any situation, and you have really have shown how you become a victor, how you become um, go through any sort of challenge and just come out more successful, more stronger, more powerful. And that's the power that you have within yourself. For people who can't see Brandy, she's just so beautiful, (laughs) very beautiful on the outside and also very beautiful on the inside. I think that's an interesting thing about losing our hair
0: though, because we are so vulnerable without our hair and what we really look like and and to just be okay with the simplicity of ourselves and the hair is one thing, but now it's like, you're, you're kind of exposed. Like this is me, this is Brandy showing up to the world to show what I can do and what you can do as well. So you've had, you said a double mastectomy, you've been through chemo, four rounds of chemo. Yep. What, what else is planned for you or like, as far as treatment, do you expect um, to go through?
2: I think at this point, we're just going to monitor everything else mm-hmm. and just keep a pretty close eye on my ovaries and things like that to mm-hmm. make sure that I'm not developing something else. Okay. Were
0: you familiar with
2: the BRCA mutation before your diagnosis? I was not actually. Okay. <laughs> like I went into this whole thing kind of blind and all the doctors that have helped me, they've explained everything to where I could understand. They've helped me a lot. They've made me feel more comfortable with a doctor than I've ever
0: felt before. <laughs> Which is great because you should in such a thing like this yeah. that you're going through. Tell me where you see yourself in five years. Tell me about Brandy. And she's
2: 24.
1: What does that look like?
2: Well, I'm hoping to be able to get a nursing degree. Um, you will.
1: <laughs> yes, you will.
2: I'm planning on becoming a pediatric surgeon one day. Wow. So that'll be fun.
0: <laughs> I, I see that you were wise beyond your years, yes. Brandy. Yes, there you are. So. Yeah.
2: A lot of things have put me in that position, I guess. Mm-hmm. But
0: you choose to grow from it. You and that's the grow. difference. Like yeah. Dr. Hala Harvey was mentioning yeah, going through a cancer diagnosis as all three of us are survivors. It sucks. It's yeah. unfair. Yeah. It's like, when well, yeah. it's like, why me? Like yeah. Dr. Hala Harvey yeah. mentioned. Yeah. But you come to a point once you get through that treatment is what, what can I do with my life? How do I want to use yeah. my life? Because We get so much clarity through crises that we go through and how we want to use the rest of our time and realizing that time is our greatest resource. Dr. LRV just mentioned that in a recent uh, post on Instagram to do the things that we want to do and to really live that dream. So if pediatric surgeon is, is for you, then do it. Like I can totally
1: picture that. And I think this is going to give you so much empathy as well for people because of what you've been through. you are gonna be amazing at whatever you do and all the impact you're gonna have on everyone, especially those young women.
0: You know what I can also see you doing? I can also see you speaking and sharing your story with, with young women. Yeah, <laughs> I can. Yeah. It's so powerful. It is so powerful. Because this is real life, yeah.
2: I've actually been thinking about doing that. I feel like not only would it help me heal more, it would also help them know that they're not alone in their struggle. And that there are other people who understand and can help,
1: mm-hmm. I
2: guess, that's the yeah. best way to phrase it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think that
1: even today,
0: this is speaking, this is it. Yeah. yeah. This is exactly what it could look like yeah. for you. Or even speaking, you know, I envision like high school students, Yeah. you know, the, the importance of body awareness, which Dr. Harvey talks about as well a lot, because it's not just your breasts. It's just checking in with your whole self. Yeah how are you doing? Do you feel anything new? Has anything changed? And just carrying that with you And it comes from a place of empowerment versus a place of fear, we don't want to be like, oh, do I have yeah. cancer? No. It's like, just know your body yeah. feel around, make sure yeah. you're aware of all the lumps and bumps and yeah. rash or whatever it is that may yeah. be going on. And I think yeah. you're a great testimony to that is like, oh, this is, this, this isn't right. This isn't, this shouldn't be there. And let yeah. me do something about it. I'm not going to wait, but I'm going to take care of myself. Like I, I don't know. I didn't do that. Like I felt a bump and I put it off for months, yeah. months. And then slowly my staging grew from a zero to stage three. By the time I decided to do something about it, that's yeah. why you're wise beyond your years. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish I would have done that, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. paid as close attention as yeah. I, as I should have. So yeah. I think yeah. you're just a great testimony for other women to
1: take your health seriously and don't wait and don't put it off. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a great advocate uh, for young women. And both Monica and I can attest to this sort of diagnosis changes you as a person. And it just, and every year you're going to see, you're going to do something different as a result of your diagnosis. And you're just going to keep growing and changing and, you know, helping others. Such a great example to all of us.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah. The past month or so, it's been kind of hard with my mental state.
1: Tell me more. Yeah.
2: So when they actually... Told me that I would have to have the double mastectomy, I was hesitant just because it's changing the way my body looks. I've always had image problems. And the past month has been really hard because I've actually realized that yeah, my body's changed. It's never really gonna look the same, but that it doesn't change who I am on the inside.
1: Yeah. How do you define beauty?
2: I feel like it's the attitude you have. Like some people. Are very kind very helpful and others are just very bitter mm-hmm. and they snap at everyone
0: yeah sounds like you've had experience <laughs> with that <laughs> A bit. yeah yeah, yeah. I think through those situations too, you learn yeah. how not to treat someone because right. you know how it made you feel. Oh, and then you take yeah. that and turn it into, I, I never want someone to feel like I snapped at them. And yeah. even just you, you, the way you speak very calm and patiently yeah. is, you know, yeah. is such a great skill of yours as well. That can really yeah. help other people. Yeah. This is not related to breast cancer, but I think being in foster homes is a really big part of your story. Uh, what encouraging words would you give other foster
1: children
2: don't give up it it's hard at the time but things will get better i know people say that a lot but it really does
1: it's a cliche but it's also true that it does get better and always look for something positive and hang on to that hope so
0: tell us about you know you said you aged out of the system but tell us about your foster parents you have now
2: um so it's been about six years they actually took me in when i was 13 and they wanted to adopt me, but there were some issues with the system that got in the way. They said that they wanted to reunite me with my birth mother, and that was never their plan. But even after all these years, I reached out and they took me in again, and they've been there through this whole whole ordeal, and they've helped me a lot. What's it been like to have them back? Honestly, it's been a blessing. A lot of people in my life today, I don't think I would have made it to this point without them.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you want to tell your foster parents?
2: Um, I just want them to know that I really love them and that they mean a lot to me. It's clear you're
0: someone special. Yes. It took a lot of courage to come and share your story.
2: It's going to help other people. I mean, I, I wish I had people like this doing a podcast, and I wish I knew about a podcast like this before my diagnosis because I feel like that would have helped a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: That's the great thing about like what we do is, and you being here to tell your story is your story is going to be here five years from now, right. When someone's diagnosed at a young age, and then we'd be like,
1: look, she did this. Yeah.
0: You know, and look how she used her voice and look what she went through. And it's just going to be this message that is, it's like a part of your legacy now. Yeah. You being here and sharing your story is yeah. is going to help so many people yeah. and that's, you don't have to do it. You've done it. You're, you're here. You're done. <laughs> you're done. You're done yeah. So I think that's a really powerful thing as well. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on our podcast yeah. and what a pleasure and honor to meet you. And yeah. you, I wish I was, I wish I had your brain and your thoughts I at, my, at that age I when I was 19, but I, I, know. I yeah. didn't, Yeah. you know, so thank you so yeah. much. You're thank very, you for, thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you so thank much. You of course, yeah. our pleasure for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs>